Welcome to the Remarkable Dentist Podcast with me, Fred Joyle, where I interview amazing dental practice owners digging into their successes and failures, their insights and hindsights, getting their views on where dentistry is going, and discovering what it took for them to become remarkable. Welcome to another episode of the Remarkable Dentist Podcast. I'm Fred Joyle, and I'm here today with Dr. Robert Martino, who has seven practices that he owns in Bridgeport, Virginia. Welcome to the show, Bobby. Thank you. And just one correction. And the only reason why this is this is this is this is one of those things where you have to live here. It's West Virginia. It's West by God, Virginia. And I say I said Virginia. <laughs> you 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 did, but they, we're used to it, right? You know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's, it's part it's part of who we are. It's our identity. So, so right. Is it, it actually a state? Is it incorporated in everything? It is like? actually a state since you know <laughs> I, what is it the eighteen something, right? You know, so it is. But the, that's okay. That's 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 who we are you know it it, it uh, uh we kind of like that we kind of like not be, being a state the the best is how close are you to the beach i'm like there is no beach <laughs> in west virginia so you know so, it's so, west yeah that's right that's right that's right so yeah uh, closer to the mississippi probably that's right that's right that's right so uh, but anyway, uh, you've, you've done all sorts of things that we're going to get into. You, uh, have dental practices, you have, uh, managed a bunch of practices beyond that. And you've also, uh, been involved in the creation and launch and distribution of an amazing product called AuraCare. Mm -hmm. So we're going to, we're going to dive into all of that. Uh, but I want to hear how, how you got started in dentistry. What was the, the, uh, the origin story of superhero Bobby? <laughs> well, you know, I dated a girl in high school whose dad was a dentist. And uh, so I would go over to the house and at the end of the day, he'd come home and he was done. Like he was done. Like he, he, sat around, watched TV, go cut the grass. Uh, unlike the other people in my family, a lot of times they had to work, you know, when they were home or, you know, so I thought, and plus he was his own boss, you know, wow. so I, I really liked that. And, and because my dad worked for the VA and it was always, it was very political. And, you know, so I thought, I like that. I really like that. And, 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 and so I, I just, Made up my mind. That's what I'm going to, I'm going to go to dental school. Had no idea what it was like to be a dentist. Okay. So when I got into dental school and they were start talking about this stuff called amalgam and I'm like, what is this amalgam stuff they keep talking about? You know, had no idea. Didn't go visit an office. I mean, went in completely, completely blind just on that, uh, on that. Hey, I, I think this is going to be a good life, you know? So, so that's, that's well, kind of started. This it's that's fascinating. You know, my, my dad was had he was always he got home and went to his second job, you know, and uh, so life was work. And then when he had a chance, he would read a book and smoke 
a pack of cigarettes, you know? Uh, and that, that made me want to be an entrepreneur too. It was like, wow, I do not want to be <laughs> yeah, right. constantly beholden to someone. Exactly. Um, exactly. So that's and, what attracted me to dentistry. You're, you're your own boss. And, and, yeah. and I thought this, this is, this is great. And, and, uh, and when I was a dentist, um, that kind of was my life, you know, you know, I would work and I'd work on the practice some, but I had enough time. Uh, it's when we went to multiple practices is when, uh, my life got a little bit more complicated, you know, uh, and, and, and yeah, you can't and, just go home and cut the grass. And- no, no. You said what, what, what happens is, and, and I, I get this. So I've had multiple practices for 25 years. And I get this question all the time is, you know, people say, should I have multiple practices? Should I not have multiple practices? And I always ask them the question, why do you want multiple practices? And if the first thing out of their mouth is because I want more free time, I say, this is not for you. (laughs) You know, this is not about having more free time. Right. You know, this is, you know, I think when I was a dentist, I worked like 27 hours a week. You know, I sometimes work 27 hours a day now, you know, so it's, it's, you know, but I love what I do. That's, you know, I liked dentistry you know, all of us dentists think we're pretty good at it. You know what I mean? And I love doing cosmetics and everything like this, but there were days that I, I, I hated the, you know, the mesial buckle of 19, not getting numb and, you know, a crown not fitting, uh, you know, while they're going on vacation. So, so I, you know, I love what I do now. I, the, the, the Monday and, and Saturday have no difference to me. You know what I mean? It's just, it just, I love what I do. Yeah, and, and that's the goal. And that's really not for everybody. And it, it, it's important to, I think for anybody in anything, but definitely in dentistry, it's like, you got to find your level that works for you. And it's, and, and even in, in terms of production, I mean, if, if, if producing $900,000 a year gives you a great life, you don't need to produce a million five. You don't need to add two associates and things like that. Or you could be the, a different time kind of person that likes constantly likes teaching and growing people. You need two or three associates yep. and you need to probably practice one or two days a week. And the rest of the time you're growing people. So, and, and, and some of us can't stop growing. <laughs> we got like <laughs> 10 practices. Why won't I get 50? Yeah. You know, like I can see my way all the way clear to that. And it's, you know, but to do that, of course you need people. You right. need, you can't do it yourself. It's, it's that, you know, this, the, the term that's coming out all the time now, which is really brilliant and succinct is, is who, not how, right? Yep. It's, you got, there's all sorts of stuff you want to do and you, you don't just have to figure out how to do it. You have to figure out who's going to do it because it can't be you. Can't be. And so you, you found some great partners along the way, I'm sure. And great practitioners. Yeah. And, and I have a great management team and, and, and in all my companies, um, uh, I have great people. I don't have to do everything. I have to oversee them. And, and uh, it's the key. I think one of my strengths is finding good people and, and then letting them go, you know, so, and getting out of their way and trying not to micromanage every little thing. 
uh, and and so uh, trusting in these people, uh, whether it's in Oracare or the dental offices, you know, just let them grow. They're going to make mistakes. And the one thing for dentists that have multiple practices that that they can't get away from is they they hire associate and, and they are like, they're never going to be as good as me. And I like, yes, they will. They will never be as good as you. I promise you that they're never going to be as good as you because you're, you, you have a unique skill and they're never going, but you have to be okay with that, you yeah. know, and, and hopefully you train them enough that eventually they get better than you, but they're never going to be you. And, and so I think so many dentists get frustrated with that is like, like, like you said, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm producing just myself a million dollars and he can only do 500,000. Well, maybe that's all he can do or he or she can do. And, and, and I, I think when you're trying to, when you, or you have to understand, I have some practice, I have some dentists that just kill it in production and I mean, as busy as any dentist that I, that I know, and some that are just going along, we have places in them, in our practices for all those. And, and that's because you're never in West Virginia. It's not the Mecca of dentistry. We don't have like thousands of dentists coming in here. And, and but the ones that we have are really good. And, and, and we have a, we also have a doctor development program. You can't just hire someone out of school and set them in the room and go, I hope they do well. No, you have to have a training program internally. And, and we do, we have trainers. I have great trainers. That that's, I think that's the key that, you know, you, you said it, you know, having great people, you cannot do all this by yourself and you, you have to have a great management team. Now, how do you think you develop this two things? I'm very curious about you you, you grew comfortable delegating uh, and it probably ties together and you're very good at, finding great people. Uh, how did, how did, how did you develop that? Well, you know, uh, uh, like everything else in my life, uh, I made a hell of a lot of errors, you know, you know, you, you make mistakes and, uh, and, and you learn from them. Uh, I, I think what I'm a very good decision maker. I never said I'm make good decisions. Right. I'm you're, a very good decision maker. being decisive. Yes. Yes. I make them. I make a ton of mistakes, but I learn from them and I don't, I don't, I don't beat myself up over it. So the same thing happened with people. When you find the right one, you know, you got, okay, this is the, this is the great one. You train them, you, you give them the resources. And then at some time you give them a little bit, you give them a little bit. And then at some point you can go, wow, now, now they can go. And I think that's, you know, but you have to trust people. And I, and I, you know, and I, you've heard that a million times, you, you know, you know what my greatest asset is, it's my people. And you know what yeah. my greatest challenge is? My people, <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, I went from managing miles to managing people, managing people's 10 times harder than managing miles. Uh, but it's also 10 times more rewarding in, for me. So, so, so it is, it is, it is a skill that you have to develop, uh, just like, just like leadership. You're not born to be a leader. You know, it's a skill that you develop. And you, and you learn to let people make those mistakes to, to bear the, that they're not going to do it as well as you until they do do it. My, my company, you know, with 800 dentists, 
it was full of people who did every single job better than I would. Yeah. Uh, that's what you would, that's what you would, that's what you would hope for. That is exactly yeah. what you hope. Now, some people have this ego that can't allow that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You know what I mean? I, you know, I think I'm the smartest person in the room when I have a lot of people in the room that are smarter than me. That's when I, you know, you know, cause, 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 and, and, and we give them the ability, I, you know, there's a famous quote from, uh, I think it's Ken Blanchard is, is, is uh, all of us are smarter than one of us. And I believe that. Oh yeah. I, I never make a single decision in any of my companies. Never, never. Is it just me? It's always we. And, and that, I think that's really important for not only for, uh, my growth of being able to let stuff go, but for their growth too. Yeah. Now that's really powerful, Bobby, because it, that's, it is ego and it is like, well, I'm, I, it's, it's a, an autocracy, right? I'm, I'm the final decision maker here. Uh, and sometimes you are the decision maker, but you're never going without, I want everybody's input. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell yes. me why I'm, 40 degrees off or 10 degrees or 180 mm -hmm. um, or my timeline is, you know, I, I was the master of the compressed timeline. I took everything. Everything took two weeks in my mind. It didn't matter what it was. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. I want everything yesterday. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Said, yeah. But is it done yet? No, we haven't <laughs> left the room yet. Fred. Yeah. No, so, uh, uh, we're still taking notes on what you want. Um, but but then you then you'd have people go. My my brother in my business was my. Yeah. He would execute, and he would he would come to me and go. You know, this is, is going to take a little more time, right? And then the CFO would go. You know, budget wise, it's going to cost a little bit more. A month to, to throw another two hundred at something, you know. Uh, like all oh, fine, fine. You know, yeah. okay, we'll we'll do it in in June rather than May. Yeah. But um. And, uh, and, and, but the, the thing is that my partner and I learned is there were, there were, once the decision made, there was no recriminations, right? It was like, there you go. Who, nobody, it was like, oh, hey, this was your idea. Yeah. I and told you so. Failed, yeah. You know, I told you so. There's, yeah. there's no, I told you so. You're not allowed. Yeah. Because you know it's I mean? so unproductive. It's like everybody gave, if, if, if you didn't give your strong opinion ahead of time, that's on you. That's what, next I, time. We, step we, up. We always say you didn't argue hard enough, you know? So, yeah. so, that, you know, so yeah. Another thing that I think is unique with me that I don't think a lot of people and, and, and my staff will tell me this and that I'm overboard. I love meetings. <laughs> I love them. That's my yeah. creation. That's where I like to create. You know what I mean? I, you know, I mean, I know I say, Hey, we're going to meet, you know, today at two. And I, I, you know, I could probably get the eye roll behind my back. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> uh, can you let us, I hear that. Can you let us at least go out and do it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Before we keep meeting on it. I, I do. I love meetings because that's where we create and, and that's where, and we problem solve. So I, that's, that's, you know, that that's well that's what i love if they're if they're productive there's right. nothing wrong with the meeting right. it's most people uh, that you know they don't leave with an action plan they don't walk in with an agenda and and again the the people aren't speaking up who who need to speak up right. they're just you know they're just thinking about something else i i you know we 
we would routinely in my business have offsites so that like people couldn't get at us uh, for the day. And it was like, okay, by the, you know, as you get towards the end of the day, it's like, okay, where are we going? Okay. We've talked about it. We've talked all around it back and forth. Let's, let's get an action plan. So um, offsites are great. yeah. Awesome. Can't, can't beat them. Cause, cause, and you gotta, you gotta really, we had to get to the point where it's like no phones. It's, you know, it's phones at lunch. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, I don't want you glancing down at your phone cause I'll put it in a glass of water, you know? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, uh, but so did, what, what surprised you about dentistry when you got into it? Um, you know, I think, I think what surprised me was dental school. So when I went to, again, you're coming in, I don't know anything about the outside dental world. And when I'm coming into dental school, we're doing all these crazy things like waxing up in the mouth, doing gold foils, all this kind of stuff. When I didn't know there were other things out there, you know? So I am thinking, and and, and I got this entrepreneurial night in dental school. I'm like, my God, I'm going to change dentistry, <laughs> you know, because there's got to be better ways than this. And then I went to see Gordon Christensen. It was like my senior year. And it was like this light bulb went on. I'm like, oh, thank you. Because I was like, I am going to struggle because I cannot stand some of the stuff that we're doing. And then he like changed. And I actually later on in life has told him this. And, and I said, you changed my life. That one class that I had in Charleston, West Virginia, I can remember it. And it just like, I, oh, I knew there were better things to, to do. And I said, so I think that I thought, and I don't know how dental school is today. You know, I, I'm sure it's advanced, but to me, it, when I was in dental school and I graduated in 1990, it, it, we were 10 years behind what I thought, you know, the private practice was. And, 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 it, and thank God I saw Gordon Christian cause that kind of like changed uh, what I got. And then right out of dental school, I mean, I had a great partner. I was an associate. He sent me to Tony Robbins at fortune management uh, at the, at, at the time it, uh, you know, it was just forming uh, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, so, I mean, I took my boards one day, the next day I flew down to Atlanta and I'm here with all these great dentists and all this great knowledge. So the great thing about me is I didn't really learn it the bad way. I, from day one, I was, wow. in, I was in fortune and all this stuff came at me and, and I, I had all these models to model against and I'm, I'm sitting there, Tony Robbins now, as you know, with Tony Robbins, we start at eight o'clock in the morning. We get done at 10 o'clock at night and have homework for the next day, you know, right. but it was just like, wow. You know, so that really made an impact on me that, 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 that from day one, in, in my opinion, I was learning it the right way. Yeah. You didn't, you know, we, as we know, so many of these dentists who come to fortune management, they're they're 15 years into their problems sometimes 20 yes. into their problems and they are deeply ingrained and they it's like they got to unlearn 75 yes. percent of what they're doing yeah um so you are blessed to just 
walk right into that. Like you say, no bad habits, no, you were a blank slate. Like, tell me how to do it right. Tell me how to do it. And to this day, we still use the exact communications, uh, the contributions and everything that we learned that Tony Robbins came up with, like at that event, you know, yeah. I scheduled the way I learned there. Everything from was from that day. And that's part of our success. And so you, uh, when did you go from ownership? You went from associate to ownership. So tell us how about, and then when did you decide it was going to be more than one practice? So I went to one, had one practice and I was associate with uh, Dr. Kenny Wilson. And, and so we had a practice that was too busy for one, but not quite enough for two. So we had a doctor come up to us at a Christmas party and says, I'm trying to kill my practice and it won't die. I want to retire. He said, will you take it over? And it was uh, about 20 uh, miles away. Uh, and it was in Buchanan, West Virginia. And so I said, well, Kenny really said, cause he was the owner at the time. He said, yeah, let's do it. And he sent me, but what he did was very intelligent. He didn't send me up there and, and hire a whole new team. He took some of his key members from his current team, said, you're going to go up there. And so we built the same culture that we had at the other one up there. And it, you know, it became a very, very successful practice. And then we said, let's try another one. So we didn't have this great plan of, you know, we want five practices or we want, you know, seven practices and, or whatever, it just happened. And, and, and we're why we have seven right now and not 10 and 12 West Virginia is kind of spread out. So in the whole state, we have 1.8 million. So you have to be spread out. We're spread out enough for us that, that we're comfortable enough to go and be able to support it. Like I can bring a doctor from here to here or a hygienist. When you get too spread out, I can't do that. And um, I don't want to do that, you know, so at, at, at the current, so that's kind of where we're at uh, with that. So it, 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 it was no master plan. That's the biggest thing. It was just, it just happened. And, and the other advice that I have for someone that wants to do this is, I think this M&A, you know, is, is great, but I think you have to know why you're doing it. Number one, why are you doing it? Like I said, for have more free times, not it, but two, you have to be successful in your core practice. I see a lot of people that have six, seven, 14 practices. None of them are great. <laughs> they have 14 right. practices. There's a couple of real dogs in the mix. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and, and I'm, and I'm thinking, why did you go out? It, you know, like if I have a dog here, like you say, don't go out and get another dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> let's, let's work on this. You know? So I always say before you go out and, and, and go buy another practice is yours now successful is yours now at the max that it can be, because that's what you're going to be duplicating. Is your culture where it should be? That is what you're going to be duplicating. You know, you're not going to get all the problems that you have here. You're going to duplicate here. Successes too, 
But you better yeah. have limited amount of problems because guess what? In that satellite practice, you're not always going to be there. And those yeah. problems are really going to get bigger. And and so you, ha- you, you, you have to make sure your core practice is w- where it needs to be before you go out and, and, and do those other ones. Well, yeah, it's like you got a bad marriage, so you have a kid to try to fix it. Yeah, that's right. That, that's exactly that is that's a perfect analogy. That, that's that's true. Still going to have so, a bad marriage. Yeah. Uh, so then it just sort of it just happened, and it, so these practices are all what you would call drivable distance from each other. Yeah. They're all about 15, 20 minutes from each other, you know, from, from the the top one, we're North central West Virginia from the top one to the, to to the the most Southern one, it's probably an hour and a half drive, you know? So, So so, yeah. So what we have is we have global support people and compliance people. So I have a couple of girls that go around to each of the offices to make sure everyone's doing things the way we should be, but they also help train new people. And they also, sometimes, you know, you just have someone at the front desk is out or uh, an assistant. So these girls are trained to do all the jobs. So they during the week, they're in one of those offices, either training uh, compliance or supporting the team when they're shorthanded. And, and that, that's, that works for us because they're all drivable distances. Right. That's the advantage of having that many practices is you can have what, what other businesses we would call floaters. Yeah. Right. That, that's like, uh, you know, it's somebody, somebody's, somebody's on maternity leave. Right. Somebody's some somebody's, you know, kid was in a car accident and they can't come to work that day. And it's like, right. you got somebody there. You don't go, a solo practitioner goes, I don't know what to do. Yes. Right? I, yes. I, I, yes. We got to cover, we all have to cover the front desk. We don't have anybody. So it's like, yes. we're going to answer the phones while we're treating people or whatever, you know, or I don't have an assistant. So I'm, I'm working without, or I'm trying to get my hygienist to yeah. assist. She's not going to do it. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, so it's it makes the model work really well. I, I and you and you sort of leveled off. You went now. You've because you had these management services sort of centralized in some way. You've you started to manage a few other practices, didn't you? Right, and and our, you know, uh, and our, our the biggest thing that we did, we 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 took over uh, uh, some in Tennessee. And uh, we had a really success story there. Uh, they had five practices. They were struggling along. Their their um, recall was like 17%. And, you know, so, you know, we went in there and put all the things that we've learned from Fortune and that worked in my practices. And, you know, in about four years, we doubled it. And the uh, the owner eventually sold at a very nice price. It was, it, he was very happy with it. And uh, we were very happy for them. And so we have opportunities like that. And, and because we're not a, we're not a, um, you know, we're not a consultant, you know, or, or anything like that. We actually manage the practice. We would actually, we don't advertise this. It's all word of mouth. You know, it's, 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 it's one of those things where someone comes to us and what usually happens is someone will say, Hey, will you help these people out? And we help them 
for maybe six or seven months. And then they go, will you just take it over for us? And then, then we go, maybe. And, and, and we, we're really picky. We're really picky of, you know, I've been to Buffalo and looked at some practices up there and they just, they just didn't feel right for us to manage. So there's, you know, we're, we're really picky at what we do. You know, we do a lot of things here and, and, uh, uh, what we do, I, I, I want to say we do well. So I, you, you got to watch that you don't water that out too much, you know, and, and, and because you have to hire more people. You can't just do it. You can't, you can't just keep throwing stuff on your current staff, you know? So. Yeah. I mean that, that and that's becomes a real problem. There's like any good business has a, a proper pace that it grows in. And the number one problem is that you don't get people fast enough. You don't, right. you, you don't ripen instantly and then, or even at the same speed, I'm sure you have some people who, when you started, you thought, I don't know if they have any potential and they're five years later, they're just a superstar, no. right? Like they, yeah. they're, they're, they just deliver day in and day out. And, and, you know, we had the same thing with operators at 1-800-DENTIST. We were, we didn't have a set time where it's like, you have to be, on the phone, handling, handling calls effectively by this date. We knew it was some people three days in, they were, they were bangers. They were just yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And other people three, four weeks. And then all of a sudden they got lift. Right. And then they, they could do it all day long. They would be high converters. People loved them. They got steady, constant reviews. So we learned not to put a, put a time clock sure. on that ripening process because you you'll miss some some real gems people are really it's uh, you know that's the job is is you know I, I i saw this in harvard business review where the top ceos were talking about and they said 50 percent of their job is recruitment at wow. that point it's wow. it's they because it's all about at, at, at the two or three levels under them finding the best possible people growing them um, and, and, you know, that's, that's what you became good at. Now you have, you have what we refer to in the general business world as entrepreneur's disease. Um, and so you get, you get sucked into completely irrelevant side businesses like, uh, airplane repair, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my office is in a hangar. Uh, if we walked out those doors, we would see a bunch of planes out there and a big, 10,000 square foot hangar. And uh, so what happens is um, I know a little bit about business and some people know that. And so uh, they asked me things. And so I had a tennis partner. We were doubles partners. He was really good. And uh, again, always pick people better than you. Right. And uh, so he, uh, but he was having to move away for his job. He said, or we could start this business. He says, I know everything about airplanes. He said, but I know nothing about business. And I said, well, I know nothing about airplanes. I know a little bit about business. And so we started this about 12 years ago. And um, we do our, our main customers are like net jets and Delta private jets. So when a plane, one of their planes broke somewhere, you know, usually it's like the Bahamas or somewhere like that. We send our crew down to fix them. So, when we walked into NetJets, there was 473 vendors ahead of us. Now, today, I'm pr very proud to say, and it's all my guys' work, 
is we're the number one guy that they call if they have an engine problem. And, and so I'm very excited about that, but it was all about what I've learned in dentistry. It's about customer service. It's about communication that we have the reputation in the airline industry of being the best communicators out there. And, and that all comes from what I've learned at fortune and with Tony Robbins and, and that, that, that they, they never have to worry about us. We always keep them informed where, where, where they're at. And then I kind of took what I learned from enrollment when we went up there to NetJets and said, what do you really need? They're like, we, we, we got everything covered. I said, but what would you, if you wanted a vendor, what, if you could make one, what would you want? They said, well, we want one that works on the airframes, works on the engines, works on the avionics and can run taxi. Cause usually we got to call two or three teams. I said, okay. So we went back and that's what we created guys that know how to do all that. So now they can just call us instead of having called two or three teams. And, and so we've grown it and we have probably about 25 uh, AMP guys and we have a satellite in Atlanta and a satellite in Houston now. So it, now when you're, when you're using this enrollment technique, do you occasionally slip and say, what would be your ideal smile? <laughs> yes, I mean, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, that's right. What's most important to you, to your teeth? Sometimes that gets out, you know what I mean? So it, it, it does, you know, so yeah, so that, that, that does happen, but it, it, it's funny because it's the techniques that I've learned there and, and that we use all the time in our other businesses, you know, so it, yeah. you know, you know, once you learn it, you, it can be done in, in different things. Yeah. Remarkable customer service, you know, which includes that, you know, empathy, that communication, that asking as, as our friend Bernie talks about asking powerful questions, yeah. you know, that, that elicit, that, that let them talk about, you know, how are you going to know what to give them if you don't find out what really matters to them? Right. If you right. start imposing what matters to you or what you're trying to sell, yes, they may not care at all. But this little thing that you offer, you, you wait a minute, you do, you handle the whole taxiing thing. Yeah. yeah Cause that's a constant problem for us. And you go like, right. that's the easiest thing we do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But by and, the way, and, and, yeah. and they, they've had $20 million planes, I mean, just be damaged, be, you know, because someone doesn't know how to do it. You know what I mean? So it's a big deal to them, you know, but, but you're right. You had to ask that question. You had to, just like you have to ask that patient, what do you really want? You know, what, what, what are you really wanting here? You know what I mean? And then give them what they want. Yeah. Yeah, because they may not, they may, a beautiful smile may mean nothing to them. They exactly. just want all their teeth, right? That's uh, right. They want to eat, you know what I mean? You know, you know, the, you know, so yeah. Yeah, they got parents with dentures and they go, I don't want to be that. I don't That's care right. about beautiful. I just, right. I don't ever want dentures. What do I have to do so that never happens to me? And Great. most people want a lot of the things, but there's one thing that drives them, right? And that's what you've got to talk to them about. Yeah, because it all it all hinges on that greatest need, right? And uh, and if you don't find that, if that that's not understanding them, and that's as you say, you you've that's transferred to every business you've gone that to because exactly. it's it's selling to human beings. What you have to find out 
what what the what the deepest need is, the deepest fear, the deepest pain point uh, that that will motivate them to accept your services. And so uh, it's it crosses over completely. Now, there's another whole business that you get into. You got into uh, the mouthwash business. Didn't yes. You? Yes. Got into the mouthwash business. Uh Kind of got roped into that one. Uh, oh, no, <laughs> do you fly planes at all? Do you? Are you? I don't. I don't. I, I I fly on them. I don't fly them, Mo. But uh, okay. uh, yeah. But uh, so the mouthwash, and I do use mouthwash. So there, you know, uh, I, I yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The mouthwash business happened, and uh, so um, Fortune has uh, another level to go to called the Platinum Circle. And I was in the the, uh, the initial part of that when uh, was a was a founder of it, I guess. And and uh, when when we started, so it's kind of like you got these really great practices, and they all get together from all over the country, and they share stuff. And it's it's just a, to me, I love it, you know. And of course, we've um, fortunes even bumped it up again to Fortune fifty, and and but at the Platinum Circle it was like these guys that, um, you know, I would go, I, I, I would go whether we learned anything or not, because they're but a great bunch of guys like-minded thinking. And, and, and so one of our doctors there had, uh, hated chlorhexidine, like all of us, we hate chlorhexidine. He said, I have, a, uh, an idea about to create a product that could replace chlorhexidine. And we said, okay, tell us. And so he told us about it. A couple, a couple of our, the dentists there said, Hey, we think that's a great idea. We started raising money. Uh, we uh, hired a CEO to develop it. And, and the, the CEO was great at developing the product. We, ha we have a absolutely great product does great, great things. The CEO just didn't know the dental market. So at at certain point we had to replace him. Well, I did it until we had to replace him, and that was eight years ago. <laughs> we're still we're I I think we're still trying to hire a CEO. Uh, so <laughs> that that happens to be me now, and 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 so and again, I've I built a great team uh, that. Uh, uh, that, that, that do the same things that we were talking about, you know, finding out what offices need and, and how Oracare, because Oracare does so many things, you know, it's active ingredient kills bacteria, viruses, and, and fungi breaks yeah, so up. Talk, talk a little bit. We both know how it works, but let, let's talk about like what, you know, break down how the product works and what it creates. Because I think people are going, so what's, or why is Oracare different? Yeah. Okay. So it's in two bottles. Okay. And it has to be mixed every time. And that mixture, one of us, one's a sodium chloride and one's an acid. When those two meet, they give off this gas. It's called activated chlorine dioxide. It's the only way chlorine dioxide is out there, it's, it's a gas. So this gas permeates everything. And this gas kills bacteria, viruses, fungus. It breaks up biofilm, eliminates sulfur compounds. So when you're talking about those things in the mouth, you you can solve a lot of lot of challenges. Now this activated chlorine dioxide is used throughout the world and other things to uh, 
clean up hotels after Legionnaires disease, to clean up after hurricanes. It's great for smells. You know, uh, if, a, if a car uh, 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 catches on fire or gets flooded and they, they still want to salvage it, they put chlorine dioxide in it. Guess mm-hmm. what they clean buildings with now with when, when they have COVID? Chlorine dioxide, you know what I mean? So it, it's a great bacteria. It's an oxidizer and virus killer. And so what we've done is we've harnessed that power of chlorine dioxide that's been around since the 1800s and, and used it now in a mouthwash. And, and so we, we get great results. I mean, for perio, uh, for implants, uh, you know, post implants. Um, and then of course for COVID, you know, we have two studies that show that, that it kills COVID. And, and so now we've always preached pre-rinsing since I started this company. That was our big thing. We should always pre-rinse every patient. And I go to conventions and everything. I ask, what do you pre-rinse with? And they go, well, we don't really pre-rinse, you know, we, sh- and we know we should guess what? After this pandemic, everyone is pre-rinsing. And, and I, the biggest thing is I don't want them to stop. Because whether we have a vaccination or not, there's still bacteria in that person's mouth. There's still viruses in that mouth that as soon as you put a handpiece on goes all over the room. Let's kill that stuff before that happens. Yeah, it just atomizes in a cloud around yes, the person. Yes. In, around you, I should say. Yes, and, and, and other patients and every so so let's yeah. do the best we can. So I think we should always pre-rinse. And, 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 and I think Orcare is the best because it kills viruses and, 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 and bacteria and, 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 and fungi too. And so we've gotten great results and, and it, you know, it's, uh, and it's growing. And, and, and of course the pandemic has, has, has really pushed us into another level. Well, and I was, because I'm not a dentist, I was recommending that people snort it as well. during COVID. <laughs> That's right. You can, you can do it. I can't, I can't I, say I, that, I, but you know I, what I mean? But, I, but, I was but, thinking about doing it myself because yeah, it's going to clear. Well, you know, it's so really funny hard. because I've had so many dentists reach out to me and, and this is, this is the truth. I, I can't endorse this because there's no study on it or anything, but they're like, I never got COVID. And I said, wow, how, how, how'd you do it? They said, we'd, we'd set it there. Cause you, you, you need to let it set for 30 seconds. They said, I'd sniff it because it's a gas. And I said, that's like true. The and, they, and they said that, and, and, and they said, you said, and, and I said, I, I said, okay. I said, I'm really using, I'm really talking about pre-rinsing to prevent it from going for somebody, somebody else. But I said, look, if it's working for you, it's working for you. But I said, I just don't have a study to say that that's true. You know? So, so. Well, and. Very obvious. Uh, yeah. I, I use it, you know, twice a day, all through COVID. And, uh, you know, I, I was safe in, in my behavior as well. But yeah, uh, but I, I think it was good. And there's actually you have you have a, a, a different formula for uh, post-surgical, like post-implant. Right? Yes, yes. With a post-surgical, we, we have aloe vera in it, but we also have a gel that they that the doctor puts on right after the implant like like you do the ah. implant you put it right on after the implant and then you give them the bottles to go home with now here's the thing it's three times stronger than the bottles so they're they're instantly getting you know a a, a clean area right after you did a surgery but i will tell you 
it's not just the gel. You have to do it daily. Think about what we're doing here. We're doing implants on people, and there's a reason why we're doing it. The reason why we're doing an implant is because they didn't take care of their teeth before, right? So now we put these very expensive implants in it, and then we let them go and go, hope it does great. <laughs> and when they fail because they have poor home care, guess who they blame? They blame the dentist. You, I paid $5,000 for this, and it still felt Well, it's because you – look, implants still get gum disease. Implants still get gingivitis. You, you, you see, we have to do – so that's what Oracare does. It prevents those things around implants. And we think like the first month or two is very important. And that's what our, it's called, uh, yeah, reassure, you know, basically it, you know, it gives you some insurance on that, that implant will, you know, not fail. Well, that, I mean, that's a great product. And so the gel has a way of activating too, as it goes on. Yeah, yes. It, it's in two tubes. And when it, yeah. when they, they push it through, it activates it. We let them leave it on for three minutes. And like I said, it just kills all the bacteria viruses so that that patient leaves that day with a very clean uh, 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 surgical site and a surgical site that's already starting to heal. And then they go to the rinse and, 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 and they do that for, you know, for a month and a half. And we've just seen great results. We've got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of pictures and a lot of, a lot of great, uh, you know, so, and let me tell you how the gel started. The gel started, like we've always had Oracare. My, my partner now lives in Texas and his wife had to go get some implants done. And she went to a, a Dr. David Little who's a great implantologist, you know, speaks all over uh, the world about implants and teaches general dentists implants. Well, she did, he did implants on her and she came in and he said, can you tell me what you're doing to your gums? He says, you're, they're the best I've ever seen post post-surgery. She said, I'm using this product called Oracare. He said, I've never heard of it before. He said, I got to find it. So he's using it on all his patients. And he calls me up. And he says, listen, he says, I love this stuff, but I would like to have something like right after surgery, you know? And I said, we happen to be working on that. So we worked with him and, and that's, that's kind of how, how, how it formed because he saw these great results, but he wanted something in his hands to be able to do the day right after surgery. So. Yeah, well, that's so important. It's that's the time you want to know that you're as as you're done closing up that patient that you're it is bacteria that's and right. viral free because um, the 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 soft tissue is going to jump right in if it doesn't have to kill anything, right? That's it's right. That's that's exactly right. That's exactly right. right. So. Uh, really exciting stuff. Well, this has been uh, an amazing career for you. Uh, do you have a what's next? Or are you just uh, going to keep on doing what you're doing? Uh, is, is there any secret uh, mission that's popped up? No, you know, and I know you know this. Uh, our biggest passion right now is, is, is giving back. And, yeah. you know, with Freedom Day uh, is uh, uh, Freedom Day started in my offices, but blew up because of fortune and, and the same, yeah. just like Oracare 
started in 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 Platinum Circle, so did Freedom Day. So yeah. I think that's really passionate for us. And we just started something called First Lunch, which is uh, we now give you know buy lunches during First Responders Week for the, uh, for our first responders. We just actually happened this week for us. We just delivered a thousand lunches to our police, our local police, firemen, and EMT. So. I think, I think when you have success, um, giving back, it's, it's not only required, but it's, it makes things so much more fun. And, and so, so I think those, those things are, are, are what we're really trying to grow and grow nationally. Well, I'm going to put in the show notes, I'm going to put information on how you, uh, you listeners can find out about Freedom Day. And of course, AuraCare is not sold retail it is sold no, it's only, only to dentists as long as yeah. they keep me ceo it will only be to dentist well you're just the eight-year interim CEO. that's exactly right any that's right moment. any moment i'll i might get the call you never know <laughs> so uh and uh so bobby thank you this is this is great information for everybody and i i, I always look forward to spending time with you and, and hearing what's next for you. But yeah, Freedom Day is, is a wonderful way to give back to vets. Uh, there are, you know, people are trying to do this uh, around the country and it's just a wonderful thing. We got a, a, a lot of guys out there uh, and men and women, when I say guys, cause they're, they're in, the, in our armed forces and they're very dedicated people and they don't necessarily get all of the services no. that they should when they come home. Uh, so, uh, you know, I know everybody in the platinum circle participates in this and a lot of fortune member management clients do this. And, uh, but any dentist can participate. Right. And, and we, we had our, the highest before the pandemic the year before the pandemic, we had a thousand dental, uh, dental offices across the country doing it. We did like $6 million worth of free dentistry for them. So, you know, like, you know, that things like that, you know, how you have a little idea and it blows up like that. Those are the things that get you going. As an entrepreneur, you know, maybe we're not making any money off of it, but that's still an idea that we had in one of those meetings that I love. And all of a sudden this happened. That's what keeps me going right there. Yeah. As you know, as uh, get around where great people are and great ideas come up. So, uh, and this is you, you've had a few of them. So thank you, Bobby. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. All the things that you do for dentistry. Uh, we, we sure appreciate it. Always love seeing your stuff. So uh, everybody out there, as you know, if you, if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, please subscribe. If you think you might be a remarkable dentist with a remarkable story, uh, write to me at fredjoyle at gmail.com. Let me know. And, and we'll see if we can get you into the schedule. In the meantime, Keep on becoming remarkable. <laughs>